0: And welcome to the Sense and Theory podcast. I'm Sense. I'm Sense. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Because, because I'm Theory, and uh, yeah. Hey, uh, welcome back. So today, uh, we're actually going to switch things up a little bit. Uh, previously, in all our other episodes, we've done deep dives on a single topic, and this week, uh, we decided to play with the format. Some we're going to try to do more of a uh, more of like a, a variety thing. It's it's current news. And uh, we'll be talking about a bunch of different topics and not going into all the stats and figures. And
1: Yeah, truthfully, I just didn't want to do research this week. Yeah, so. you,
0: you totally caught us. We were trying to ease off the research. So,
1: <laughs> But uh, if it works out, uh, leave a note in the comments. Let us know if you like it, if you hate it. Because uh, after all, this show is for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe, you know, maybe we'll ultimately do combinations
0: of what you previously heard and what you're about to hear. Um, so first up this week, uh, we're actually going to kind of call back to our, our news and media episode because there is a breaking development in the Russia saga,
1: Russia gate, Russia gate.
0: That's right. Cue the crazy infographics and the sirens because we've had some movement here. So,
1: so I know like, I seem like I'm an expert on this Russia stuff, you know, I've, (laughs) I've dived into it deep, but really, um, I haven't gone that deep. So I don't even understand really what Flynn has to do with uh, with the whole Russia conspiracy. How does this fit in okay. to the big picture?
0: So what you, you got to remember back to the early part of this year, right uh, after Trump was inaugurated, um, uh, he ended up firing National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, who had also been a big part of his campaign. And there became this, this controversy about had Flynn had contact with uh, Russian ambassadors or anybody with Russia, Um, you know, was there some kind of quid pro quo set up uh, as far as the, the DNC hacks and was the Trump administration going to uh, be nice to Russia in exchange for, you know, the DNC hacks being released. Right. Right. And Flynn was kind of at the center of that controversy. Um, so, what's happened now is uh, Robert Mueller's doing his independent investigation, and Flynn has accepted a plea deal. Um, the thing is, though, is that he has plead only to lying to the FBI. Okay. And nobody really questions the fact that he lied to the FBI. That's why Trump fired him, right? So, um, here's the thing when the story came out this week, Uh, It goes right back to the news episode because ABC immediately rushes out this story that says Flynn has accepted a plea deal and is set to testify that candidate Trump asked him to speak to the Russians.
1: So candidate implying he's not president yet. Right. Where such
0: things would be inappropriate. This is, yeah, prior to the election uh, when he's just a private citizen. You've got uh, the Logan Act, which says that private citizens can't talk to foreign powers, comes into play and stuff Okay, okay. Um, So, the stock market drops 300 points as soon as that news comes out. Six hours later, ABC issues a correction. Uh, They called it a clarification. Sorry, they wouldn't call it a correction. That uh, Flynn has agreed to testify that President-elect Trump asked Flynn to talk to the Russians.
1: Which is perfectly legal and normal course of action for an incoming president. And actually... Uh, while people said he was playing golf and sitting on his hands, that yeah. indicates that maybe he was actually doing right. his so, job. So
0: during like, the transition, where he was just God, why do a... you
1: people make me defend this man? <laughs> yeah, I know. Man. What,
0: what? Why? I know. But but sure enough, we have Trump during the transition after he has legally been elected president. And
1: granted, but the truth is, but the truth is that that Flynn lied and and took a plea deal. So there right. may be. Um, you know, generally when you when you take a plea deal, and it's it's, it's in exchange for something, right? Um, for some other information that's going to be used to roll on up the chain.
0: Well, to tell you, I mean, where we're at is we don't know, because right. because I'll tell you what. Here's the thing: generally, if you're going to plea somebody out, right, you have them plea to the conspiracy or the crime that you're then intending to charge other people with, because that legally establishes that that crime exists, right? right? That the defendant says. You know, I was a part of this bootlegging scheme, and right. so now when I drop the dime on these other bootleggers, I've established in court that this bootlegging scheme existed. But Mueller didn't get him to plead anything
1: except lying to the lying FBI. Lying to the
0: FBI, and and what he discussed, the the things that he lied to the FBI about, had he told the truth.
1: It's not illegal. they wouldn't have been criminal. Right. So 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 it does look like a situation though like where there's smoke there's fire so like yeah. why was he lying? And maybe he's just exactly. an idiot. Yeah, uh, maybe he's covering up for his own you know who knows. We yeah. we can go there but I think I think still in the context of like the whole Russia thing there's, it's almost like they're throwing darts against the wall. There's
0: a video, okay? And it's of uh, the view the day that that happened. And one of the producers runs out the basically the, the breaking news, the flash that Michael Flynn has accepted a plea deal and joy Behar accepts it on air and she reads it out. And like halfway through the thing, she starts yelling and clapping. The whole audience erupts and starts cheering. And everybody's like, whoa we got him. It's almost like the John Oliver thing where he hits the button and the banner comes down and says, we got him. Right. You know, everybody was so excited. And then six hours later, uh, Oh, he lied to the FBI, but he lied to the FBI about stuff that's legal. So it's it's we don't know, we don't, and and that's what I'm right. saying. We don't like,
1: know what information he may have exactly turned. You're
0: exactly right. What is Mueller getting at? But but the point that I you know, I just want to underscore one more time is, you don't know, good or bad, you don't know. Stop. Well, wigging out over every minor time that this story advances, you know?
1: Well, I think we got to put it in context because, um, this last week, the, the project Veritas, Mm. uh, just, just blew some stuff wide open with the Washington post and exposed that they are a shining bastion of journalism who (laughs) investigates their stories. Um, but, but also what kind of happened at the same time, I saw a video, um, of a conversation with him and John Bonifield, who is the supervising producer at CNN. Um, And he's asking him questions about the Russia investigation and, you know, how are we going to get Trump? And he is answering candidly and saying, oh, the Russia thing is uh, mostly bullshit right now. Like, we don't have any big giant proof. He says, uh, the president is mostly right to say, look, you're witch hunting me. Like yeah. you have no snow, smoking gun, you yeah. have no real proof. These are all direct quotes from John Bonifield. Yeah. So like you have to look at this thing, and go, okay, there's no smoking gun, there's no proof, and now we have this this Flynn plea deal mm-hmm. that's being paraded about the media as if it's some big victory, but there's nothing there either. Yeah, yeah, not yet. <laughs> Definitely not yet. Yeah. So so my thing is like, give us something give us something quick. Like yeah. if it exists. Yeah. If Mueller, that's, that's, I mean, this is, not this the same thing people say about Hillary and the witch hunts about Hillary? Like yeah, right, right. that, 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 the, the left does to the right, you know, yeah, almost, I mean, that, almost that the, the right does inverse. to the left. Like, we, right, right. yeah, it's the complete inverse now. And, and We're just, I don't know.
0: There's, there's like this thought that like Mueller, it's, it's funny. I'll tell you something else that parallels is you always hear about Trump playing 4d chess, right? Right. right. Like Trump's always <laughs> like making these crazy moves and he's doing stuff. That, uh, you know, he knows what's going to happen six moves from now. Right. Well, now that's starting with Mueller. Like, so I was reading the stuff the other day, and it's like, oh, no, no, no. See, Mueller is letting Flynn plead to this because he's hiding the fact that he's actually going to. And it's just like, guys, man, like, you you, you have no idea. Stop. Right. Stop. And, yeah, and it's I just think, pure speculation. I think it's part of, like, you know, that's one of the things. I saw somebody say this uh, earlier this week. Um, social media creates another room that we have to fill with conversation. And when you do that, you do not get quality. You know what I mean? It's it's created this space where there's more communication. And communication by volume does definitely not
1: imply quality communication right. and stuff. So people and talk it, and endlessly it doesn't, and, over it. And Twitter's 140 characters don't encourage... Oh, they're up to 280 now. Oh, 280 oh, characters yeah, yeah, yeah. don't encourage thoughtful... Uh, thoughtful Debate at all, yeah, you not, know. No, I mean, it encourages the opposite. It encourages yeah. you to to focus whatever point you may be spewing out your shithole hole today <laughs> yeah. in the smallest amount of space possible, and leave out as much detail as possible. Like, yeah, yeah it's not so. It's not a healthy. It, place, did, it did get me
0: thinking though. Like when I first heard um, the Flynn story, um, you know what I immediately thought of our news episode. I was like, oh Christ,
2: <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Like, are we gonna have to go back? and edit anything because you know we recorded these episodes and we didn't stealth edit yeah yeah we're releasing them all at once do we need to you know say something do we need to acknowledge it this week what do we need to do to get right with this Flynn news and and then I saw the news you know six hours later like I said that it wasn't quite the bombshell that it was purported to be and I, I didn't um I watched the people on Twitter kind of do their thing where like, you know, the left went nuts and started running victory laps and the right said, hang on a minute, let's let the facts come out. Yeah. And then six hours later, the right started running victory laps. Right. And the left was like, hang on a minute, let's let the facts come out. And and I got to wondering, man, like when you and I specifically, in our quest for moderation or, or you know, trying to be, you know, centrism, whatever you want to call this, do we – are we glossing over Trump? Like, are we glossing over Trump's ills because we have become kind of tied up in that man. That's, that's a
1: really good question. I feel like talking, even talking about the subject, um, I hate to preface myself because I feel like it's like saying I'm not racist, but yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like if I have to preface myself, there's something going on. So I don't feel like there's part of me that feels like I have to say like, I don't support Donald Trump when I when I go to defend something like uh, uh like this Flynn thing yeah. or I go to talk about uh Russia gate. Yeah. Um but at the same time you almost have to. Mm-hmm. Um and because the conversation is so loud that he's a Nazi and that that staying quiet makes you one of them, you know. If if you if you're not with us, you're against us. So so I think at a point we risk like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Um, but at some point maybe you have to, maybe the bathwater's killed the baby. I mean, yeah. what, so what happens if after this podcast, uh, you know, there is something to the trust, the, the Russia thing. Right. Um, does that make me any less right? No, no, yeah. it doesn't. I'm, you know, I'm still right about all of the, all of the bullshit in the past. So does that make them right for, uh, creating the smoke screen and, and creating the witch hunt? I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if we if we find a witch, then then the witch hunt was worth it, right? Right, right,
2: absolutely.
0: <laughs> I think I think what it what it what it showed me was how susceptible I am to the very same things that we talk about all the time because it it, it does become a th- when you're talking about stuff like this, there is this uh, you know I won't I won't call it gross, but there is this dirty little part of me that wants to be right. So now. I need, you know, that little part of me needs Russia to not be anything, (laughs) you know? So, so when that happened, like I was confronted with that and I was like, you're, you're doing the same thing that you're upset with other people doing about, they're just doing it, you know, like this magnified, you know, it's uh, granted, even if you believe in the rightness of your, your position, you know, you're still committing the same sin that you're, you know, identifying in other people. So like I sat down for a second and I was like, you know kind of just going over it and stuff in my head and thinking like at this point what am i mad at trump about you know because i felt like i needed to just like sit down and think about that for a second and truth be told the the man over the last year hasn't gotten a whole hell of a lot done i mean he just recently passed this new tax bill but when i got to thinking about it i think the thing that gets me about trump more than anything else is like his um to me it's just a complete like disrespect for the office that he holds yeah and and his just like complete lack of like decorum and stuff disrespect for
1: everything i mean it goes back to to the trump you stuff (laughs) for me i mean uh, i mean if we're being honest like any reality tv show star that we elected as president i would hold disdain for Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, I don't care who it is. There is no reality TV star I can think of in my head that I feel like, oh, that would make a great president. (laughs) Let's let's put him in the White House. And and we can and we can talk about the things he said. I mean, grab him by the pussy. Mm -hmm. Like someone who talks like that, man, should not be our president. Yeah. Like I don't care what you think about it. Like, dog, that's unbecoming of a president. We just came from President Obama. Yeah. Like No, don't yeah. go like that's just that's that's a step backwards. so like barring whether he's a racist or not, which I don't think you can prove bar barring yeah. whether he associates with racists, I think you can prove that yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but barring all these things, like he's just not a good person, yeah, in yeah. general so so of course, well, okay, so I kind of have to pause there because good people don't always make the the greatest leaders, and bad people sometimes make good leaders, that's true, but. Given his first year in office, yeah. this bad person also did not
0: make well a good leader. That's what I'm so so at this point I can't I can't really make a uh, a hardcore policy argument. I, I can I can look at some of the things that he's proposed and you know some of the things that he's tried to do through executive order. But I tell you what happens is a lot of it, uh, especially you know if we look at like deportations and some other things, a lot of it when you boil down to it. It harkens back to things that Obama did or Bush did. I mean, it's nothing special, nothing new. You know, things right. that I don't like: abuses of executive power and so on and so forth. Um, what it comes down to, though, is the fact that whether I like the bills that this is the point this man has taken us to, whether I like the bills that his, you know, he's pushed or not, he has made the government so dysfunctional that they are spectacularly failing. Yeah. We when this tax bill passed, we had lobbyists in Congress handwriting stuff in twenty minutes before they were gonna vote on it. Because you know, they needed changes and stuff. Just disorganized just a mess. And to tell you the truth, if he wasn't such a flaming car wreck, it would probably be worse because he would have actually got stuff passed this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like so so I don't know, in a sense it's a good thing. But but on the other side, like he he is just we, we've had dysfunction, we've had gridlock, we've had left and right not meeting eye to eye, and that's one of the things we're trying to address. He has turned that thing into a reality TV show. Yes. He has. And 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 you've got people doing crazy things. I wish you could see the handwritten notes on the tax bill. It is it is insane. And it's just so it was important to me to 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 look at that and say and yeah. what and what did you find sir yeah, so, i mean so, <laughs> no, no that's what i'm saying so like i looked at that and that helped you know because i've never me. heard
1: you come out in support of donald in our conversations like i've never heard you come out in support of him so i right, don't know right. that you were but, like but
0: i just I, I was worried like i was worried it bothered me how much i was wrapped up in you know whether or not the flynn thing was the major you yeah. know what i'm saying so i needed i needed to look at trump again and be like no 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 man you're against that dude you know what i mean well, <laughs> so. yeah and
1: I, me i have i have a nose for smoke so yeah. again you know sometimes when there's smoke there, there's fire and and i noticed smoke with the russia stuff you know mm-hmm. so i started looking into just surface level you know is this stuff really happening yeah um you know, I don't know if that's a witch hunt. No, it's not. It's a witch hunt of the the witch hunters. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, no, yeah. that's, that's crazy. We've, we've got to do that. We have to ask ourselves and it doesn't matter if, if we're talking about our enemy or our friend, like just because you don't like Trump doesn't mean you should, I'll put it this way. A friend of mine's mother, um, invited me to a group on Facebook that was, uh, anti-Trump when Trump got elected. And I asked her like, you know, are you against certain policies? What? And she said, no, this is just a group of people who who are against Trump's agenda. I said, well, what happens if Trump's agenda is something I agree with? You know, I no longer I, I don't want to hold my president as this as this figure who can only be looked at one way. Like, I believe people are not immutable. I believe right. Donald Trump, as shitty as he is and as horrible of a person he is, could change tomorrow. Something could happen. He could have a conversation. Um, He could he could smoke some DMT. Who who knows, (laughs) you know, and 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 he could change tomorrow. And and I think to write each other off to the point where it's like anything you say is now totally wrong puts us in a dangerous position. For example, um, if you go on the scum, the the hive of scum and villainy that is that is vote Mm. um, when net neutrality was was uh, being talked about, which what a travesty. Um, the conversation there, and these are mostly hardcore right wing, racist, fucking all of the all of the scum that people say they are, so, yeah, yes, yeah. Are, are right there uh, on display. And, and maybe they're all Russian bots. I don't know. Maybe. But the conversation was that if if leftist corporations like Netflix uh, and Amazon support net neutrality, then you know it's got to be bad. Yeah. Just, and that was the whole conversation. And I feel like on the other side, that's how people are looking at Trump. Yeah, they're saying anything that this guy says ever is automatically bad. So if he says something that you agree with, you can't even agree with that. Yeah, because yeah. now you've made him into this. You're locked into out. this figure. Yeah. yeah, you're totally locked out. So, I think we always risk that, um, and we're and we're seeing the effects of it. It makes everything well, fall apart.
0: Actually, uh, you you bring up a good point, and let's talk for a second about Project Veritas, which you actually mentioned earlier, because here's an organization that based off a couple of sins, we're now supposed to reject out of hand. That's right now. Now don't get me wrong. Like I've watched project Veritas and it looks pretty fly by night people. I mean, <laughs> uh, we had a uh, Veritas. They had, let's see, they had the, uh, the, the one incident where they sent a Canadian to buy Hillary Clinton campaign merchandise. And she goes up cause you know, a, a former, uh, uh, Canadian or a person from another country can't buy merchandise if it goes directly to the campaign. That's a campaign contribution. Interesting. Yada yada. Okay. So anyway, so she goes up to the booth and she's like, you know, I want this, and she's just like blatant about the fact that she's from Canada. And the lady at the booth is like, no, I can't sell you on that. some poutine, eh? Hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was almost like the Steve Buscemi, the the hey, what's going on, fellow kids? You know. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so uh, the person at the booth was like, no, I can't sell you that. You're from Canada. And another Project Veritas member who was in the, like, had infiltrated the the booth, you know, was working for the campaign or whatever, is like agging them on. Is like, no, no, <laughs> no, you can, you can sell. No, you can totally, she's come all this way and she wants to buy it, you know, let her buy it. And, and the, the, the honest woman who, you know, worked for the earlier campaign is just steadfast. She won't. So finally the Canadian lady is like, well, what if I give, her the money and now she's an american citizen and oh, she can god. buy this stuff and they they go through this complicated and they tried to present that as a bust right as you some know? kind of sting and, operation and no not to fam mention, you proved them right and, like, and not he, to mention he had a soros bust where i, I swear to god he, they got caught because he set up the meeting and then accidentally like he left a voicemail and then left didn't hang up the phone and then immediately starts talking to the rest of his staff like we're gonna get these guys you know <laughs> i mean it's just it's hilarious you know at the same time, like you said, that John Bonifield thing uh, from CNN, that's that's 100% real. So I'm, I'm hearing, you know, uh, people tell me that Project Veritas is, is you know, not worth watching. And I, they should be taken with a grain of salt, but that doesn't mean that truth can't come from there. Right. And, and it's kind of the same thing as, uh, you know, Trump. I mean, Trump could accidentally do something right tomorrow. You know, I mean, he could, he could, that could totally happen. So I, I don't think, you know when we throw the baby out with the bathwater, like you said, um, we're, we're leaving ourselves open to just getting blindsided, uh, by things that we had not previously considered. Yeah. I
1: think that's really true. Uh, we also, we also have to consider that these, all of these news organizations, um, you know, at some point the people at the head of them have their own political views. And and with Veritas, there's, there's a conversation about who's funding them, you know, who's giving them money. um, when it comes to like CNN, uh, you know we know, for example, Veritas in the videos, this guy was talking about how there's a portion of CNN that that just wants to nail Trump. They don't care about the truth. They don't care yeah. about any other issues. And that actually that that came out in the
0: Washington Post thing as well. Now, granted. Um, one of the side things with the Washington post was the guy who was talking about the difference between the news division and the opinion division, but make no bones about it. He said the opinion division is out to get Trump. And to a point, to a degree that him as a national security correspondent, uh, looks at that and is like, wow, I, I I'm roughly quoting him. He's like, wow, I work here. Like, you yeah, know, it makes him like take pause. So you know? I
1: think we have to ask ourselves, like, is it a problem for employees of a news organization to, to have an objective? and, I don't think you can really ever, as a human, divest yourself from an objective. So I think that's like a utopian dream right there. But to me, like when we're looking at a newspaper or a news organization, you know, back in the day, you ran your opinions and you ran your stories and they delivered the paper and you read through the paper from, from page one to the end. And now it's, it's almost like the opinion pieces are the ones they're pushing on social media and people don't go to the website not some people do people don't go read from start to finish so i think we have to be real careful and look at a newspaper and say you know is their opinion now are they putting more importance on their opinion or actual journalism to the point i think you're making i've seen people
0: online um, talk about opinion pieces and and have no idea that it's an opinion piece like they take it as a news article. And, and if there are, you know, uh, they, they conflate the difference between, you know, facts and analysis of a fact and the, the analysis of the fact becomes fact because they don't realize that they're reading an opinion piece. And so you're right, because with the whole newspaper, you got context, you know, I mean, maybe you did have um, the editorial page saying that, you know, they don't agree with Chinese, uh, the China policy. But then up here, you have an article about what's going on in China to see if you don't agree. Right.
1: You know, yeah, so. And, and, and it, we lose that in the age of social media, and the age of technology. We totally lose that context because more and more we're consuming our news article by article. They exist in a vacuum. Right. It's not the case where you've got the whole paper and you get the well thought out, um, you know, objective piece of information. No, you get the clickbait yeah. Uh, headline that everyone wants to share because it it convinces them of their worldview even more. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we totally, we totally lose perspective. We risk totally losing perspective. Um, and with that, I think we ought to just shift on to the next topic real quick. Um, have you seen these ads on TV the, for the uh, the tobacco ads? The, yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we actually uh, we were looking at one yesterday, and uh, it's. Uh, They've they've got big tobacco to now uh, pay for and put out a series of ads that finally drop the veil and tell people smoking is bad for you. It causes this disease. Nicotine is addictive. Uh, you know it's finally you know the the tobacco companies peeling back all the lies that they basically told for forty or fifty years. You know a plus.
1: Yeah, and we're uh, gonna we're gonna play some clips for you because these these two clips in stark contrast to each other, kind of paint the picture.
0: So uh, first up, here is a clip from congressional testimony. Uh, Here you have the heads of R.J. Reynolds, Altria, Laura Lard, Philip Morris, uh, testifying before Congress. Take it away.
1: Let me uh, begin my questioning on the matter of uh, whether or not nicotine is addictive. Let me ask you first, and I'd like to just go down the row Uh, whether each of you believes uh, that nicotine is not addictive. I heard virtually all of you touch on it and just yes or no. Do you believe nicotine is not addictive?
2: I believe nicotine is not addictive, yes. Mr. Johnston. Uh, Congressman, cigarettes and nicotine clearly do not meet the classic definitions of addiction. There is no intoxication.
1: We'll take that as a no and again time is short. If you could just I think each of you believe nicotine is not addictive. We just would like to have this for the record.
2: I don't believe that nicotine for our products are addictive. I believe nicotine is not addictive. I believe that nicotine is not addictive. I believe that nicotine is not addictive. And I, too, believe that nicotine is not addictive.
0: Well, that is certainly a bold position, gentlemen. Uh, Let's fast forward to 2017, and now what do R.J. Reynolds and company have to say?
1: A federal court has ordered Philip Morris USA, Laura Lard, R.J. Reynolds Tobacco, and Altria to make this statement about the addictiveness of smoking and nicotine. Smoking is highly addictive. Nicotine is the addictive drug in tobacco. Cigarette companies intentionally design cigarettes with enough nicotine to create and sustain
2: addiction. It's not easy to quit. When you smoke, the nicotine actually changes the brain. That's why quitting is so hard.
1: Oh, well, that must be really embarrassing for all those guys, <laughs> unless maybe uh, their brains were severely changed from smoking and now they're all dead of cancer. Go to man. Go to man. <laughs> their grandchildren still have to live with the shame. No, but, but seriously, tobacco is this weird anomaly for me because when you look at our drug policy, you know, it's built around the DEA scheduling substances and Schedule 1, the highest schedule that we reserve for the worst drugs, um, is described this way. Uh, the drug or substance has, has a high potential for abuse. Uh, the drug or other substance has no currently accepted medical use in treatment in the United States. And there is lack of accepted safety for use of the drug or other substance under medical supervision. And and to me, tobacco fits all of those th- three very, very beautifully. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... So, I have a question like, why have we let this go on so long if we're concerned and pot's still illegal yeah in much of the United States and federally so like how do we explain this disconnect?
0: well it kind of it kind of goes back uh, well, there's two things there's first off, uh, it sort of goes back to what we were talking about uh, in the guns episode with alcohol um, you know, like you know you got everybody doing it, and there's no real like outcry for you know anybody to do anything about it. Secondly, you had all these companies lying to us for years and telling it, you know, you had doctors, man. Yeah. In ads back in the fifties and sixties talking about the brand I prefer, you know? So it it took a while before we started even beginning to build critical mass to do something about big tobacco, you know? Right. And
1: And I'm glad now that we're, that we're at least forcing them to come forward. And I don't mean to say that I support, uh, making cigarettes illegal, um, right. or scheduling them. Cause I actually support the opposite. I think that yeah. yes, we accept cigarettes cigarettes as, as an evil that, that we live with. And I think we should also accept, uh, cocaine and, yeah. and, and marijuana as, as substances that, that we also live with the effects of. Like, See, one of the, one
0: of the things though, that I want to talk about with this though, is, um, this gives me, I don't know, it, it creates all kinds of just weird feelings with me because what we have here is a lawsuit was brought against Big Tobacco, and as part of their punishment, they have to pay for these ads. Um,
1: Which were extremely poorly done, I might extremely add. Extremely poorly done. White uh, background, black heard, text.
0: There is a white background and black text. The most droning
1: audio. Like, you can't pay attention if you want to. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, but, so, I feel. I feel weird... That the government has compelled an industry to advertise against itself. Now, I make peace with that when I look at a the fact that it it, it spun out of a lawsuit and yeah, the you know, judge this can is, yeah, it's not are,
1: cruel and unusual punishment, right? So this this is, the judge this can, is
0: the punishment for the crimes that big t- tobacco committed. But at the same time, like
1: I think they should pay for our health care.
0: Com- <laughs> Fair enough. Compelling a company to advertise against itself is scary, though. Like I wonder. If if this is gonna if this is something that could take root if we're not talking about big tobacco. Because oh, big they, tobacco is an easy guy to hate. Soda's getting ahead you of it. Um, yeah, I yeah. think
1: I mean the calorie counts on cans are, are bigger now. They're putting them on vending machines. Yeah. Um heck I just saw a notice sitting today getting food that actually in very large letters spelled out the recommended amount of calories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for for a day, yeah. right next to how many calories the meal was. So, yeah. like, I think people are kind of kind of getting ahead of that in a sense because we live in a country where we're able, to, we have the freedom to do things that that hurt us, and I think that's important to hold on to um, because I believe in personal agency and personal responsibility. I, you know, I think that people should be able to go get a Big Mac, and and eat one. Yeah. You know, or eat whatever fits into their their uh, into their healthy diet, their own healthy diet, or even not, uh, or eat ten and and get fat. I think where we have a really shaky conversation, where where we muddy the waters, is is when we look at how that affects uh, you know the entire picture. Like, for example, if we if we mandate health care, all of a sudden the guy that's eating ten big Big Macs. Uh, has this huge effect on everyone else. Um, you know, if I'm paying for for his triple bypass because of his triple big Mac, is there a problem there?
0: Yeah, and it does and that and it leaves open a door like so what can you do? We've already seen uh, you know, uh, well, there's a tax on soda in New York. You've got the trans fat man.
1: Uh, I th- haven't they flirted and, with with cup sizes too? Instead, yeah, cup, he, he sizes. Can't sell cup Here's, sizes. Here's the thing: like, while I acknowledge, <laughs> let me get uh, three of those thirty two
0: ounces. <laughs> I got we, my own jug here. We were talking about not, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want people to think we're apologizing for this or that. In in no way, shape, or form, am I, am I about to apologize for big tobacco. However, I smoke, and I got to tell you, I was born in 1983. There was no question that I knew. That smoking was terrible. Oh, yeah. From the time I was six. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, just bombarded with it. Now, I had members of my family that smoked. And I'm sure that, you know, that had an impact on me in some way as well. Um, But, so in that scenario, like, how much responsibility is is on us for starting to smoke like like our let's say our age and and forward you know right and and and
1: i'm a believer of the power of advertising but at the same time we grew up with with joe camel being disallowed yeah you know so we didn't get exposed to a lot of that and look how many people smoke around us and we we all know it's terrible for us and and
0: fair enough here recently uh last definitely the last 15 years it's dropping it's dropping fast um, it's nowhere near the levels that it used to be, and that's and that's good. But what I'm saying is, is, like I know all that stuff. I know that it's bad for you, and for my own personal reasons, I don't give a shit. Like I enjoy smoking, and I'm going to continue to smoke. Now, one day I may quit. You know that might change tomorrow. Tomorrow I might wake up and say, hey, you know what? It's too much money. Yeah, but at least today, or you'll wake up so, with
1: an oxygen mask on your face, so now up does, a lung, and,
0: so does in a the state bed. when it comes to universal health care. I've made an informed decision. Does the state have the right to tell me? No, absolutely not. And 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 again, what if we swap out cigarettes for Big Macs? Or sodas. Or sodas. Or, or pizza uh, toppings. Yeah, and or pizza toast. The, oh, yeah. the infamous ACLU ad. <laughs> the infamous ACLU ad. My mind was
1: blown. I think I was like 15 or something. I was pretty young yeah. when I saw that. But basically, it's just an ad. Uh, I think a guy is signing up for health insurance, or he's on the phone with his insurer, and asking about rates or premiums or something, and the operator like reads off his pizza order yeah. earlier in the week and says that'll be a twenty three dollar. No, no, was, and- no, Actually,
0: it was the other way around. He was ordering a pizza. Oh, that's right. And 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 like Pizza Hut was like, "Well, I see here you've got high cholesterol." Yes, you know that's, right. I mean? that's right. That's yeah, right. Can yeah.
1: we offer you a healthy option for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And it was going to be like eighty seven dollars for his pepperoni pizza or yeah, something yeah. because of his. So I mean, high to me,
0: I mean, if if you open up the door. Uh, to universal health care, like, it's it's hard to make the case that you're not giving the state that right. You know, because now we're all in this together. I mean, now it's you selfishly trying to spend my money. You know what I mean? So That's
1: such a good point that that I'm absolutely dumbfounded. Mm-hmm. And, and I really, I mean, as much as I believe that we should all have a right to affordable health care. Right. You know, I don't think anyone should go broke for getting cancer.
2: Yeah.
1: Um I also think we ought to have the freedom to to eat things that give us cancer. Yeah. And to smoke things that give us cancer, you know, if we yeah. so choose. I think that that part of the human reality is existing, making mistakes and learning. And and like this is this is the story that's been that's been going on since time immemorial. And if we start taking away that ability from from people we we lose out on on humanity. I mean, yeah. we we do start very quickly, and and I think, you know, people look and say like, "Oh, you're just being silly." No, man, this stuff sneaks up on us as well, societies. Like,
0: well, it goes it goes back to that. You know, I talked about it very early on, like that silly notion of America. That's, I mean, you got to give somebody to hold on to when we have Iran Contra affairs and we have. The my lie in Vietnam, and we have uh, you know, whatever's going on with the war on terror, any of the numerous things that have happened with this country. there there has to be something that we can hold on to and say, yeah, it's America. we're gonna we're gonna fix it. <laughs> I promise we're gonna fix it. We just see this is the good. and and for us, that's that individual freedom yes you know to me and and like so not only do you not only do you lose what you know what you're talking about like the, the as far as like human development and, and and what beauty can arise from freedom but you also like what what yeah, it's part of our identity it's part of it's part of who we are I mean if you take that I you know
1: well and it's it's okay to change who we are though at the same true. time I think that's true I think it is okay to change who we are but it's a question of how far down that line we walk. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think anyone's asking the big questions in the national conversation. You know, when we talk yeah. about healthcare, care, um, it's hysteria. It's, it's you're killing my grandmother because she can't afford her pills. Right. It's not, but maybe there's another side to it. You know, yeah. there's not, again, and we come back to this over and over in every episode. Um, there's no conversation. It's just hysteria. Mm-hmm. We're just yelling at each other, and no, no, you're absolutely
0: right. And you know, I think obviously we're going to have to deep dive one day on universal healthcare. I mean, <laughs> I, I think that much is obvious. Um, but for now, uh, let's kick it over to another tough one, man. Well, a another this is almost just like the tobacco one. The the story itself is obvious, but man, it brings up questions. Um, so, a private prison uh, in New Mexico has threatened to close its doors uh, within 60 days if it is not filled up with 300 more prisoners. That is maybe the most batshit headline <laughs> I may have ever read in, in in my life.
1: I mean, think about what that means for for the area that's responsible for filling that prison. Oh, yeah. That means go find criminals <laughs> yeah. or create them. Yeah. and And... Put them in our jail, or else. Yeah, we're
0: in sixty days.
1: We're shutting down, and we don't give a shit what happens. And we've got you know? X thousand prisoners yeah. coming to to blow your doors wide open. <laughs> You'll be putting them into bathrooms, the closets, and <laughs> yeah. you know we'll take the courtroom break room and and start putting putting cats with jumpsuits in there, like mm-hmm. with with face tattoos. Like, nah, come on, man. This is not how how democracy flourishes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, we can talk about privatization. Um, and the benefits on on the economy and stuff but there are places where that does not work and yeah. prisons is one of them we do not need to incentivize criminalizing people right um, and and what some 50 percent of people in jail are are there on on drug crimes
0: yeah give me a break which which is something I want to talk about that for a second because it comes back. <laughs> to um you know there's there's a the whole idea of ideological consistency right so i do believe uh, that there are plenty of places where privatization works i do not believe that prison is one of them however my reason for not believe it's 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 kind of weird right in theory privatization should definitely work right they have incentives to get rid of uh you know like wasting and inefficiencies, inefficiencies. Do, that we've talked about they do however what happens the government signed a contract with this prison company where they have the option to do this right guaranteed you occupancy see, rates you see, yeah you see so what we have here is the government did not treat itself like a customer like you didn't have to sign this contract right are you nuts like, you, you gave them the option to close in 60, like, like they shouldn't even have, there should never be a thing in one of these privatization contracts where we can come to you and say, we're going to close in 60 days. Like, right. that, that just doesn't even exist. And if you can't live without that thing, you don't get the contract. That's right, and
1: you take the risk the, on staying open for five years while we figure out what yeah, to do. Well, yeah, exactly. And eating the loss, and, sucker. And God like, help
0: me, I can't remember the name of the company, but I guess the largest uh, company. Is it unicorn? That, that, uh, no, it's like CCA, oh, okay. but I can't remember what the letters stand for. Um, but anyway, the largest you know private Corrections corporation yeah, of Americans. There of you
1: America. Yeah. Go.
0: Um, so they they went to like all the states. And, and thank God nobody signed this contract. But they went to all the states and offered a contract to basically, like, take over everything, you know, more or less. Uh, but part of it was a guarantee of 90% occupancy. Like, dude, we're, there is no guarantee of any occupancy.
1: Like, who, you don't have. We're working to stop people from becoming criminals here. That should yeah. be the idea. Like- so, <laughs> so kind of like, okay, so kind of like Big Tobacco,
0: like, for CCA to go and, and do that, like, you're an asshole. Like, you know, I, I don't like you at the same time. Like New Mexico, like who signed this contract?
1: An idiot. Yeah. Who signed it? Well, no, and, probably and somebody who got
0: paid. Yeah. I was going to say, you know he's probably I mean? getting kickbacks. Yeah. And
1: you know how these guys make money? They make money in, in all kinds of fantastical ways. They charge mm-hmm. you a dollar, uh, to text people in prison and, yeah. and they have access to it. They charge a dollar to send a picture, et cetera, et cetera. So like they're making money. Yeah. Hand over fist. They're, they're, they're using prison labor to Mm -hmm. sell, to create and sell products and they don't have to pay the prisoners. I don't think at all. They're paying them 30 cents an hour, 15 cents an hour in some case. Like, so when we incentivize the state to fill the prisons, that, that idea of modern day slave labor (laughs) is, is real now. It's not just some fiction like, no, you are snatching people up, putting them in prison so they can make license plates and, and make money for a corporation, like, yeah. and 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 to me that breaks the free market right there because if you're if you're manufacturing something at a prison, uh, with prison labor mm-hmm. at thirteen cents an hour, who can compete with that?
0: Well, do you know how like CCA and companies like it? Do you know how they structure that? No, sixty percent of the prisoner's wage goes to the state uh to cover the supposedly to cover the expenses from prison oh yeah yeah
1: so basically i mean that's as close to indentured servitude as makes no difference and Um, and man i've been talking about privatization of prisons for for 10 years yeah it's never become a large part of the national conversation like well in in fairness it's not it's actually what is it uh we're just now up to the point
0: where nine percent total of the prison population is in private prison. Okay, so it's not it's it's not a major part of our prison system. I mean, it's it's become now it's become a, a a big enough chunk to talk about for sure, and especially if we're gonna do hostage demands out in New Mexico. But here's here's where here's where it comes down to to me. So the question in and this I love this because this goes right back to the first episode, right? Remember. We tell her a second one. Remember, we talked about principles and practicalities, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In principle, I believe in privatization. I looked at all kinds of articles, like, over the last 48 hours about privatizing prisons. And there's two things. I know for a fact that I think I can make it work. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure that I can make it work. There are instances in uh, Florida, I think, where the the, the recidivism rate... Uh, you know, they, they actually did, uh, you know, get it positive where people weren't coming back to prison and stuff. Um, they were just finding new criminals to, to well, walk in the door. Fair enough. There, there's, or do the prisons slowly There's shrink? other places where I, I, it has sort of worked, but not quite. But here, here's the thing. At the end of the day, looking across the broad spectrum of private prisons, and I even, God help me, spent an hour and a half this morning reading about UK's prisons. Uh, because they've been doing private prisons longer than we have um, they're failing everywhere I mean they're failing everywhere. So even though I do believe in my heart of hearts that it could work, it's not working so I can't support it yeah like you know what I mean so so, so does that it kind of it, it mirrors we were just talking about universal health care it mirrors uh, the inverse of my position on universal health care. I'm scared to death of universal health care. But I think our healthcare system is so jacked up right now <laughs> that we ain't got a choice but to do it and try to make the best of it. Yeah, that's kind of because how I it, feel it's it's a well. it's a tangled mess now, and it's just this. Especially with the ACA, it's just this like snarling ball of screwed. Right. You know, so so
1: maybe we need to get ahead of of prisons before it before it gets to that point. Yeah, here, no joke, man. And and fix it up. But I think your point on on principles verse verse practicalities is is interesting because. You know, it's often couched as one or the other, right. but you know the world is not black and white. And sometimes principles win, and sometimes practicality wins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when your principles are practical, then apply them. Absolutely. When your principles are not practical, practical, then leave them on the table. You yeah. know, leave them at the door, and let's look at it from another angle. That's yeah. how I feel. And and I think and well, and
0: you do have people like people have. I think that's why people get death grips on positions. It's it's kind of like you know I was talking earlier because sometimes. You have to, you have to admit. I, I think that's one of the things we don't want to believe. You have to admit that your principle is not perfect, right? You know what I mean. It's like, a tool. Like, we and and, and we guess use what? it to navigate. No the world. one's is. No one's is. Maybe I can think of faults and love that neighbor. You know what I mean. <laughs> like I've met
1: some neighbors. You know what I mean. If you live next to Jeffrey Dahmer, exactly. maybe exactly. You know exactly. So I maybe mean, that yeah, goes out the window.
0: There is no airtight. Uh, you know, principle that's going to fit every size. There is no, you know, just, you know, interchanging this for that. And I, I think it's, uh, you know, not to not to toot the horn or make it sound like this big thing, but you got to have a little courage and, and stand there and say, you know what? I believe in this, but <laughs> it certainly ain't working right there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, screw private prisons and screw... Uh, uh, actually, uh, I'd I like to point out another one that I read about last night was uh, uh it's up in montana i think or it's in north dakota and i think oh lord i can't remember the name but hey that's this episode um but anyway they they talked to the city they were like hey we're going to build this prison It's going to create all these jobs da 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 da. meanwhile they lost their federal contact uh, contract uh and still built the prison oh so then Smart. yeah so now there's just this big you know hunking building that's sitting there and uh, they tried to talk the government into moving the uh, Gitmo detainees, oh, wow. uh, to the middle of North Dakota <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. And it's just a mess, man. So now, at no point should any of those. We, why would they own the prison? Why would they like think about this? At most, you contract them for the staff. Like you don't give them the building, sure, because then they can pull this New Mexico shit. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah, uh, it's
1: outrageous. Yeah, um, let's let's move our the most. The most hated criminals (laughs) directly into private hands who can then say, we're shutting the doors down in 30 days. Uh, We need uh, we need some more terrorists, guys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we got a torture chair free here. Absolutely. Our water borders are on standby being paid one hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year. They just need bodies. Yeah. Yeah. That that doesn't work for me, man. That doesn't work for me. So uh, I think we are uh,
0: we are now going to shift gears into what is actually going to probably turn out to be a preview for our next deep dive episode. Yeah, I think so. But, um, I think we
1: have to do it. Um, it kind of has to do with all this uh, sexual harassment stuff that's uh, that's coming out, the Weinstein stuff, the Louis C.K. stuff, um, uh, the Garrison Keillor stuff. Uh, it's the Al Franken stuff. We can go on and on and on. And you guys, you guys probably
0: thought we weren't going to go into that, but Benzo is over there stretching his thumbs. Yeah, buddy. Ready to just nail us to the wall and we're going to jump head first into that stuff. That's
1: right. So this, this starts with a, with a story about a thread on Facebook and, um, that's where a lot of conversation happens. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make any apologies for that. That's where a lot of conversations happen, and I try to have Facebook Facebook conversations that are um, calm and rational. Uh, rational, excuse me. Um, and I think there's. I think there's a need for that. You know, you reach across the aisle and you, you talk to people and you reason with them, uh, but sometimes reason just goes out the window and uh, you know things fall apart. So, a friend of mine from high school posted, uh, something along the lines of what's with all these women saying we're going too far by firing all these men who've sexually assaulted and harassed people, period. Also men who say I can't even compliment women anymore. Get the fuck out. That's ludicrous. So three or four comments down, uh, another old friend of mine's brother comments. I don't even compliment women anymore at work because, uh, It's just uh, too much risk of making them feel uncomfortable. So I post, well, you know, this is the this is the slippery slope we're talking about. Um, And and I think I need to preface that because earlier in the thread, she posted a conversation she had with a friend of hers, a screenshot of this conversation. Um, And she said, as long as you don't uh, harass, uh, touch women at work or or make sexual advances at work, you're fine. And I made a comment and I said, Well, hey, I think where people get a little hung up is when we conflate sexual advances with harassment. I think that sexual advance is a very vague term. Um, it can, means. Can we take a quick, just a quick aside to actually
0: drill down on that? Uh, recently, there was a study released. Um, there was an interview of millennial age people, you know, people aged 18 to 30, male and female. Uh, one third of those polled. Uh, said that a man commenting on attractiveness would always or usually be a form of sexual harassment. Secondly, when it came to asking a woman out for a drink, about one in four young males and 12.5% of young females said it would always
1: or usually be a form of sexual harassment. So, and 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 this, this came out over the course of the thread. So I said, you know... I think that's where where the lines get crossed, and I wasn't taking sides. I just said when we when we say when we use the term uh, a sexual advance, hmm. it means different things to different people. Yeah, it's incredibly vague, and it depends on who's who's making the advance, right. um, whether it's wanted or or unwanted. Hmm. So. <laughs> And that was that was pretty much it. I was, you know, and and, and I got a couple of likes on that comment. People yeah. and and from women too, yeah. uh, seemed to, to agree and and think it was okay. Well, all of a sudden, people start funneling into the thread, um, calling me names, calling me a rape accuser. Um, and it, God, I wish I could have screenshot of the thread before she deleted it. Um, but it got really bad. It got really nasty. And and I ended up ducking out of the thread once I realized. That if I disagree with any part of that agenda, mm-hmm. then I'm automatically put on the outside. And and I mean, people belittled me. One woman came in and said, darling, no one wants to make out with you at work. <laughs> and I said, no one wants to make out with, with you at work either. But that's beside the point. You know, That what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. She comes back and says, honey, everyone wants to make out with me at work. <laughs> and at that point, I just I had to put my head in my hands. And I'm like, OK, so is she calling me ugly? You know, at first I took it at its best. And I thought she was saying, you know, no one wants to make out at work. So keep your advances out of work. But what she was really saying was you're an ugly, nasty dude and no one wants to make out with you. But, but guess what? I'm a sexual, beautiful being and everyone wants me at work and I flaunt it, you know?
0: And imagine, imagine what you're expecting to find at work if you think that. If you think that everyone wants to make out with you at work, then when the dude says, hey, man, you you know, hey, your dress looks nice. That's a sexual advance. OK, so to, you know. so
1: another woman came out and said. Directly, directly referencing my comment, hmm. um, said that the, the men who complain are the men who have something to worry about directly putting me in the category of, of Weinstein, Louis CK. Yeah, right. Um, and, and to me, that's just disgusting. So towards the end of the thread, people went bananas. I mean, a hundred comments, a friend of mine, actually, uh, a, a woman that I went to school with back in the, kind of the same circle. Um, came in and started defending me because I just, I just exited. I was like, there's no winning this fight They're They're saying I'm something I'm not They're You know, they're misrepresenting my viewpoint. Uh, She accused me of stomping in the thread and, and not prefacing my thoughts by saying that I thought, you know, women were, were shit on and stuff. And uh, so, so this woman did a really good job of, of kind of defending me. So I let it at that. Finally, she comes back in the thread, tags me and says, I'm shutting this down. You know, you guys are going crazy. And I just, and I just let it all out there. I said, for one, rapists should be murdered castrated or jailed like no question people who put their hands on other people should be charged with assault Mm -hmm. and put in jail Mm -hmm. um if you say creepy shit to women uh and and it crosses the line of harassment then get the fuck out of here with that shit but i am in no way okay with a society where we can't compliment each other at work for fear of offense Right. And people through the whole thread had been saying that that world hadn't w- was not one that existed. Mm-hmm. And then this guy comes in with his comment, uh, which is, you know, I don't even do it. And and a and hundred people upvoted his his post, you know. Yeah. So the message was at first. She said specifically, also men who say I can't compliment any- women anymore, get the fuck out. That's ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. And then and then her posse. Applauded the guy who said, "I don't compliment women yeah. for fear of offense." So, right. and and to me, if if that's how you feel, fine. But let's be honest about it. Like right. like say, I don't want to live in a world where men compliment women because it offends me yeah. when they're ugly.
0: No, there is uh, there. I think there is this broader movement too, where some of these more, the uh, like I honestly, I don't think your friend believed it or at least she, like she doesn't recognize it, you know, and I, I don't know her. I don't know her from Adam. But what I'm saying is, is so when she says um, that, you know, guys who say I can't even compliment, you know, women anymore. No, she thinks you can absolutely compliment women like in her mind. I don't think she joins the two together and sees that. Meanwhile, this guy has been lifted up for not doing that. And they're like, well, you know, that's probably for the best and stuff. And, and they never make the connection. And so they, they, they say to themselves, you know, well, for instance, uh, there is an actress, uh, I believe her name is Brie Larson, and she said something, uh, she was shopping in a store, and she, in an interview, said, you know, don't say, you know, don't say hi to me, or try to come on to me, or give me your number in a grocery store, like, you know, can I even right. shop, you know? And uh, a buddy of mine, he was he was talking to me, and he was like, well, let's, let's follow that out, you know, don't. Don't say hi to me or give me your number in a library. Like, can can I just read? Don't say hi to me or give me your number in a park. Can I just enjoy the park? Don't say hi to me or give me your number in a club. Can I just go out drinking with my? Right. Don't say hi to me and give me your number. I think the That's logical what the logical That's the con- lo- con- <laughs> yeah. conclusion
1: is if you're a man, do not approach. Women, let us approach you.
0: I I get what she's, I I think I get what she's saying, is there are times where I don't want to be hit on. And I can't imagine getting hit on, like, well, at least like Brie Larson gets hit on but at the same time, no like, I definitely can't I, shit.
1: I, I can't even begin <laughs> and to let me imagine. just clarify I mean I've been married for I've been with my my wife for seventeen years like yeah. I have and I've never cheated on her I have no interest yeah. in coming on to women at all so I've got no dog in this fight right, right um and and there are people out there who will say oh you're you're a rape apologist no. you know you're an apologist for these creeps who say nasty things to women and grab my ass and say, oh you're made for you're obviously made no. for a, a a romp in the sack like That's not what I'm doing here. Yeah. What I'm saying is that there are lines of normal social interaction that are, that are being crossed off as, as unacceptable. And at the same time, those same people are saying that's not happening. Right. And to me, the my hypocrisy alarm is ringing, ringing loud and clear. And, and I've got to stop and say, well, what is, what is really going on? Yeah. Um, and, and, and social change. I mean, it's this harkens back to our earlier, earlier conversation. Like, I'm okay with social change, mm-hmm. um, and and I think we do need some societal change. I think uh, women get treated poorly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think we need to empower women to say, "You're being a creep. Back off, or I'll stab you." Right. Or maybe maybe that's too far. But yeah. but no, we really the idea to me is to empower women. Um, instead of taking their, their power away or instead of taking men's power away. Right. Um, I want to be able to say hi to you and have you not think I'm just creeping on you. Well, the, idea I want to be able to say that dress makes your eyes look great mm-hmm. and, and I don't want to sleep with you. It has nothing to do with me wanting to bang you. Yeah. I want to make you feel good cause you look good. Yeah. Right. And, and, and someone did come through in that thread. A, a woman did come through and say, I love it when people compliment me at work. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live in that world either. Yeah. Um, so, so it's not just creepy guys making this argument, and and damn it, folks, stop pinning that on me. I'm I'm not that <laughs> creepy
0: guy. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, uh, sure you're not, buddy. Uh, yeah. I think that's gonna wrap it up, uh, for this episode. And actually, I am really excited, uh, because it just uh, it just occurred to me that this episode is gonna be a nightmare for Beanso. I mean. There, there's not research to get wrong, really? I mean, there's a little bit. I, I don't know. I think he's going to be struggling. Let's uh, let's see what he's got. Beanzo?
2: Hmm. Well, it's certainly true that you fellas came out with a new strategy this week. I mean, if you guys just spend a solid hour meandering through your personal opinions on stuff, how's old Beanzo supposed to wet his beak? Top it all off, soon as Sense drops a juicy 140 characters on Twitter comment, Sure enough, there's Theory, tripping over his microphone with a correction. But don't go counting all them Pulitzers yet, boys. Y'all's commitment to approaching news the way Ikea makes furniture gave old Beanzo plenty to work with.
1: What, you mean it causes fights with the people you love most?
2: Theory, you said that Trump fired Mike Flynn for lying to the FBI. You neglected to mention that you're in fact wrong. He was allegedly fired for lying about Russian contacts to Vice President Pence. Next, we have a clarification. ABC News, feel free to take notes. Since said that about 50% of people in jail were in for drug offenses. The Bureau of Justice does not keep data on the primary charge faced by over 700,000 people in our nation's jails. However, it's worth mentioning that 48.6% of the federal prison population are in there for a drug offense. That's what I meant. Say what you mean. Well, I'm looking forward to next episode, fellas. You can do your research. You can freeball it. Makes no difference with the mean beans machine on the case. Theory, back to you.
0: The mean beans machine. I don't even... Oh, God, we've created a monster, man. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, at any rate, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today. And, uh, you know, we'll be right back here next week with a new show. It'll be... Me, good old theory, and my definitely not creepy friend who's in no way infatuated with a pop starlet.
2: Leave Taylor alone!
0: Hey folks it's theory of the sense and theory podcast just wanted to take a second to thank you for continuing to listen and support the show we really appreciate it it means the world to us uh, if you get a chance please go to itunes leave us a review uh, like us uh, you know it really helps a podcast uh, take off and uh you know get at us on the uh, social media facebook instagram twitter we're at all the usual places we'd love to hear from you uh feel free to email us at uh, sense and theory podcast at gmail.com. uh show ideas suggestions critiques uh, condemnations it's all good send it our way uh we'll see you next week